0: everyone welcome to seminary for the rest of us i am your host sabrina reyes peters and i'm sitting here with the window open today so if you hear any urban type of sounds that's where they're coming from anyhow i am introducing episode six here to you uh, this is part one of my conversation with Jay Potter, who is completing his PhD in Comparative Philosophy and Theology at the Claremont School of Theology. And you'll hear Jay refer to that as CST. Anyhow, our subject of discussion was his dissertation and uh, the title here is Listening to Our Sisters and Brothers, and the subtitle that he gives is Navajo New Materialism and Jane Knowledges Toward an Eco Epistemology. This work of Jay's confronts the dislocated objectivity of whiteness and seeks to listen to voices that counter the positionless positions of objectivity and in doing so to learn from those various communities as they are located with the earth. He is interested in understanding how we come to know the things we think we know and how that informs our actions, especially in light of misleading claims to objectivity found in Christianity, scientism and white supremacy and its effects on environmental thought actions. So, In this first part of our conversation, uh, when we discuss uh, Jay's dissertation, which he recently defended, um, we start with the basics, I think. First of all, what is (laughs) eco-epistemology? Because I don't think I ever saw that term until I saw the abstract of his uh, dissertation. So we go there we learn about how Jay chose the specific uh, philosophies that he did to work with, uh, specifically why he chose Navajo thought, new materialism, and Jainism. And also here in this first part of our conversation, we begin the thread that is a thread that goes through our uh, entire conversation, and hopefully uh, you'll get part two soon. Um, But the thread is destabling whiteness, especially because Jay develops here an eco-epistemology that de-centers whiteness, and he uses Navajo thought, Jainism, and new materialism to do so. So we talk a lot about how we can destabilize whiteness, yes, uh, within the context of environmentalism, But those principles, I do believe, can also be applied to any theological conversations or work that we might have to do. Speaking of theological, if you're a process theologian, you might hear some echoes of process thought um, and panentheism. So be on the lookout for that. And that's enough from me. Here's part one of my conversation with Jay Potter. Hey Jay, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, um, it's my pleasure, really. Um, So we're gonna be talking about your dissertation, um, which is entitled, Listening to our Sisters and Brothers. Navajo new materialism and Jane knowledge toward an eco epistemology. Yes. So uh, right off the bat there in the title, um, I know what epistemology is, um, I know what ecology is, um, but for folks who maybe are a little bit uh, rusty, I'm going to yeah. give a shot at trying to uh, pick that apart a little bit, because I feel like cool. that's really important. Yeah, um yeah. So epistemology is a system or ways of knowing things or knowledge um, and then combined with the word eco I'm assuming it's talking about how we um, understand things about ecology or the earth or the environment Uh, do you maybe want to expand on that a little bit
1: yeah no that was great that was that was like especially for just kind of taking a stab at at what's going on with that um especially the word eco epistemology um so as far as like broad categories within um you know academia or whatever epistemology you were exactly right like it's a system or way of knowing um and we can get more into that what that means and what i'm doing with it in my dissertation um and then eco epistemology there are very very few people using it um but it is kind of a term that has has been sort of dropped around a little bit um and what it is you you were you were on the right track and i feel like like almost there um so what it what mm-hmm. what eco epistemology is what is the earth teaching us um, okay and and so it, it's actually to kind of flip really the concept of epistemology as not um content held in a human brain Um, Not that it can't be, but that it's not primarily content held in a human brain that we then know the world. But it's that the the world is knowing itself and we are participants in that. And so it's drawing us into essentially the mind of our Earth um, and and to think with our Earth um, rather than to try to, like, come up with, you know, some sort of like, oh, I can't I use this sort of science to come to this one content of knowledge and then I'm going to sort of apply that wherever I think that it may work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's rather to to see what is the earth teaching us um, about that thing, whether it's like a water system or um, nutrients in the soil or the way that animals interact with one another, the way the insects, um, you know, the actual benefits of of insects that that we want to harm, Um, like all of those kinds of things, plus plus, you know, millions of other options, and it's learning what they're teaching us um, is the kind of baseline idea with the eco epistemology.
0: Got it. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, and that actually reminds me um, I took a, or not took, because I didn't do any classwork. I audited a an eco theology uh, seminary class nice. around this time the last year. And um, a big part of the conversation was how, was how, um, stewardship uh, implies still implies domination and uh so when we take epistemology like we take a system of knowing and then we apply it to things I feel like that's us kind of taking the the, taking charge and like uh dominating um and with the way that you kind of turned it around it's like the earth is now like, we're not dominating the earth, like, the earth has things to teach us, so it's, I don't want to say that the earth is dominating us, but it's, like, you know what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, it's okay. we're co-participating. Um, yes. Yeah, and and I know um, people will talk a lot about this in theology, and maybe this is kind of a sidetrack, but um, in, in, like, process theology and some of the more, like, embedded eco-theologies, um, you'll hear about talking about like the co-creation of the world, right? With humans and God. Yeah. Um, and what I'm actually doing with the dissertation is that we're co-creating with the earth. Uh, and I, I don't really go to God things cause I'm not really doing sp- like specific Christian theology in the dissertation, but, um, right. the way that I would take that if I were to do, um, which I've thought about doing and you know, a book follow-up kind of thing is, is that all of that is a part of God, right? Um, and mm-hmm.
0: and
1: uh, and th- there isn't a domination. Um, it's a web of networks. Um, and and which sounds very process, I know for some people that might be listening. Um, sure. and and uh, um, and so the actual term that I use in the dissertation um, is to be intraactive participants. Uh, and the difference is, and it's a hyphenated intra and active. Um, okay. and and so inter, like the word i n t e r uh, implies two separate objects that have some sort of a relationship. Um, and and uh, and then intra is something that has relationships internally. So when it's i n t a r or sorry, and e <laughs> i n t r a, um, it, it is a relationship internal to something. And so I use the term intraactive agents and I'm actually using the term from, uh, Karen Barad, um, the, uh, feminist, um, philosopher and, and I guess some of it is kind of theology. Um, and, uh, and she uses the word intraactive agents, um, and, and kind of some other cognates of that, um. And so that's what I'm doing with with the eco epistemology is that we're interacting in knowledge. Uh we learn from the earth and and we're then kind of applying that to, to our systems um rather than the dominated domination option, like you said. And and it is true. I think even stewardship can have um those kind of like we're stewarding something for our benefit, even if it's in the future. Um exactly. And so yeah. There, yeah, there's like a point where it's like it's a good concept and I think it can, can be helpful for some people to understand. Um, but I want to push that idea even further. Um, that, that we're, if we're only dominating, then it will always only be about humans and not about, um, uh, I call them in the dissertation, non-human communities. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so let's dig into it some more. Uh, okay. So in the ab- I'm reading from the abstract here. Yeah. Um, let's see. As we begin to deal with the major effects of global climate change and its consequences on the ecological systems of the Earth, we must confront the systems at play. So what what are the systems at play <laughs> that you're referring to here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, in some sense, every single possible system you could think of um in in a very general sense i'm not actually trying to do that in the dissertation um that would be that would be like millions of pages not not 200 200. um but yeah so so what what i ended up um kind of finding through that and i and i hint at it in the abstract um was that i i found and and really it was other people have found it and i was reading them and going oh this is right um it is essentially the system of whiteness, um, okay. the concept yeah. of whiteness, um, which w- we're told by many people, um, especially from, you know, black and African, African-American um, authors and, and people, uh, even just on Twitter. Um, not not the authors or people, I just mean, you know, um, not necessarily people who are writing big books. Um is is that that the concept of whiteness is invisible to white people, but it's not invisible to the to to the rest of the world. Um and, and I would include the earth as as one of those observant participants. Um and, and the idea with this system of whiteness, or that even just the idea of whiteness, is is it becomes sort of the central foundation of um primarily, I mean, really the what we call the Excuse me. What we call the Western world, um, and and it it plays out differently um, all over the earth because it's not just it's not just an American thing or just a European thing. Um, right. it But it works differently in each of those uh, places, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and I think um, the the idea is is really apparent right now as we're watching um, you know the the media about the COVID nineteen and and how we're dealing with that. Um, and, and you, you see someone, uh, you know, and we know who this is, um, just kind of Mm -hmm. labbing about stuff, right. And, and completely off base and not, not really, um, following the, the, the guidelines that have, have been proposed to him and, and things like that. And, um, that is, in my opinion, a very clear, um, image of whiteness. He, he he doesn't have to have really any logical foundation and his claims are, quote, true because they're being said by a white man. Um, now, that's not to say that the claims are never logical because logic also gets tied up in this, like in in yes. Western um, philosophy, especially. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like the analytic tradition, um, it's actually has to be grounded in logic and anything that doesn't follow that form of logic um also fails. Uh, and and I actually claim that as whiteness. that the the logic of that um is is a sort of one of these things of whiteness. Um, so is that um getting close? I don't want to keep going if I'm like starting to tangent. Uh,
0: that. That is good. Uh, my follow-up question, which I did not write down,
1: yeah. uh, was
0: uh, when I was reading that I was like, "Oh, systems like you know class classism, racism, and you're uh, zeroing in on racism, but like more with a focus. It looks like um, yeah. uh, capitalism, like all of that stuff is like." But I'm thinking, I'm thinking now maybe. Are you approaching whiteness as like the foundation for all of those as well?
1: That that's or do you exactly just right. Not, okay. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Because I mention all of those kinds of things. Um, and and I call them iterative properties of whiteness. Um and so capitalism founded literally on the enslavement of African peoples brought to um, America, but that started in Europe with a certain sort of like framework of um you know ruling elites and and you can kind of go backwards in time like almost indefinitely um but but the way that that is now worked out um is very much based on this sort of like invisible structure of whiteness um and and how that kind of plays differently in in all sorts of aspects but then is sort of subsumed into this one um, this one sort of invisible foundation. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, class and, and, um, socioeconomics and like all kinds of things, politics, um, are all a part of it. And that's why in the, in the dissertation, I mentioned them as like, these are, these are parts and ways in theology, really in philosophy, like they're, they're, they're kind of, um, we assume them to be different systems, but when mm-hmm. you start to look at the bigger picture, they all work, for whiteness
0: Um, oh yeah
1: right and and it's not necessarily um like they're really not separate systems uh when you when you get down to it
0: that help that helps a lot um and so in uh confronting the systems at play and uh the eco epistemology that you're presenting you choose to use uh, navajo thought Uh, new materialism and jainism and I'm curious how did you settle on like those three in particular
1: yeah yeah um that's a really good question so some of it is um fairly practical and 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 benign um and that is that there are certain requirements at my school um where I'm doing my phd and the and so i'm in the um, comparative uh, theology and philosophy is the name of the program um excuse me and uh in that some of the requirements for both your qualifying exams and for your dissertation are that you are doing two or more um traditions one of which cannot be your own um the problem being that I was leaning on the comparative philosophy side of comparative theology and philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, oh, and as just a, a sort of background to make that make sense, um, I grew up in the, you know, white North American church, um, kind of a, a co- weird combination of Methodism and, and like evangelicalism. Um, okay which sort of makes sense if you know my family, but, um, and that could be another, that would be like a whole nother podcast. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Um, And so, so I have that in my background and I came to CST to try to, to try to participate as, um, you know, a part of whatever, if you want to call it progressive or I don't know something else. I feel like all these words sort of failed at some point, but um, but to to consider theology and the practice of Christianity in new and enlightening ways, um and so, with that in mind, as my background, um because I think that our backgrounds are really important for what we do um and why we agree to- absolutely. yeah, which is a big part of my dissertation, um, or kind of underlying my dissertation. Um, so, okay, so now, Back to your initial question. Um, So I had to have something other than Christianity and oh, and part of that is that um, they have sort of a division between East and West, which I'm not really a fan of, but that's kind of how the academy works. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if you were to have one from, say, North American Christianity, then one had to be from a quote Eastern religion um, or philosophy. And so, then you had to choose something—you um, know—a a, a Buddhist line of of thought, uh, a Hindu, um, you know, uh, Vedic school, um, or or some of those—you know, like all of the intricacies, right? You've got Confucianism, Taoism, um, some of those things, um, and you also need to have a specialist in these these various um, traditions, right? So. Um, so when i was looking through doing oh and then um so my quote western tradition is new materialism um and and uh i actually started my dissertation and i was going to do christianity and advaita uh hinduism were the first two traditions i was going to use um and then new materialism but that was two from the west uh which was new materialism and christianity and then only one from mm-hmm. Not the West, and so I had to kind of play around with some of those, and I realized that if I wasn't going to be teaching at specifically Christian schools, that I shouldn't use uh, Christianity in the dissertation, um, which there's that's kind of like a loaded baggage thing. Um, I don't know yeah. if that was always the right decision, um, but I think it was helpful in the end. Um, and so, so then New Materialism stuck. Um, And then I have always been intrigued with Native American uh, spiritualities and philosophies and things like that, um, which there's kind of some family baggage with that. Um, And I say baggage because I'm not claiming myself as Native American, but my great great grandfather was Osage um, and and chose and chose to uh, essentially separate himself and his family from, uh, his Osage Osage heritage, um, Hmm. and, and to assimilate with whiteness. Um, and, and so I think that our family has, um, and, and my grandmother, especially, um, has has tried to deal with what that meant for our family um even if we're we're not always like saying that um but there's this kind of under undertone of oh we're you know oh we're osage but it's but we're not right we're, we're not participating in the culture and the history and anything it's just sort of all oh, this marker to you know um the early 20th century um and and, and i don't think that's fair to native american people but but i I also want to acknowledge that that's a part of my family history, right? which which yeah. complicates complicates a lot of things. Um, and uh, um, and so i've I, I have always wanted to honor that in some way, um and, and to um, to be able to participate. And since I've been in the academy for a long time, that for me, that's to do things, you know, academically. um and And so for me, then choosing Native American, um philosophy was something i had wanted to do for a long time and this kind of opened up that that space for something like that that doesn't fit in the dichotomies of east and west and and any of those kind of things um and it also um and, and this is kind of a contended uh, idea too but the concepts of uh ecology and and sort of living and thinking with the earth um as, mm-hmm. as sort of a natural and and i mean that as a, like a normal not natural in the sense that um you know native americans like only are in nature or some weird thing that people make up um mm-hmm. but that that it's more normal for native american philosophies to integrate uh concepts from their world right from yeah um, yeah yeah you know what I mean? Um, growing crops yeah. within nature, not growing crops as opposing a, a, a nature, right? And hunting yeah. within nature, not just slaughtering everything and only using a tenth of, of the animal. Like um, those are, in my opinion, ecological concepts. Um, and, and we're looking back and calling them ecological, right? Because of the place we're in now. Um, I'm, not, yes. you know, I'm not claiming that they were somehow ecological, in our way right but hey these are actually concepts of ecology and that's getting more to the content of my dissertation but um and then and then the so then i was i was looking at native american and new materialism and then i had to have something from the east um and to be more specific with the designation of east and west it had to be one particular tradition In other words, I couldn't use, quote, Native American as my philosophy. It had to be a specific um, tribal designation. Um, And so that really came down to what I could find that had um, enough sources that were sort of along the lines of what I was doing. Um, And so I started with the Osage um, because of my family history And there was a lot of anthropology, a lot of, you know, studying more like an archaeology in a sense. Um, And it really didn't fit what I was wanting. And it also felt very like it was it was erasing people that are alive and living and and, you know, speaking the language today, Um, because those were not uh, a concept, a part of what they were doing. Um, And so I kind of went through a few different tribal designations um and then uh found navajo and it was actually i recommended navajo by um a former student um who had also done uh, part of their dissertation with navajo and uh um there was a lot of pretty good philosophy and kind of uh what i what i consider like a positive anthropology um which is um if you know kind of the the academic terms it's the emic tradition so it's 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 learning from them what they say about their system rather than the etic which is imposing our western system on top and then
0: got it um, yeah
1: and then making a thing so they were coming specifically from that emic perspective so even though most of the authors were white they were living on the reservation and talking with elders um and learning their ways of life um, and in one from um, Maureen Trudel Swartz, she actually got to be because she was a woman, she got to participate um, in some ceremonies and then uh, that men would have never been allowed into, um, which I think is really cool. And um, and then she also essentially said, I know more about this because of participating, and they have asked me to respect, respectfully not tell you what this is, uh, because it's not information that should be out there, which I think is really great. Um, I wish that more people would, a- and by that, I mean, I wish more white people, I shouldn't just say people in general, but I wish more white people would consider um, those kinds of special knowledges as as sacred for, um, for different groups of people. Um, so now i'm starting to go off track again um so that's how (laughs) i came that's how i came to navajo um and and i i really feel like that has um, helped strengthen my work um i think largely because of those people um and and for some of the navajo people who um were were writing their own their own work too that was really um fundamental to to kind of my way of thinking about this um and then to Jainism. Um, so I had to pick an Eastern religion, and it had to be specific. Like I mentioned, I was going to do the Advaita tradition of of uh, Hinduism. Um, right. And uh, I actually really wanted to do uh, charvaka, um, which is not, as far as I know, not a tradition that is um lived anymore. Um, it's only found in texts by Hindus, Buddhists, and Jains. Um, But it's really fascinating what people have kind of been able to compile. Um, And uh, um, yeah, it's a very material um, philosophy that goes back to like 3000-ish years. Um, And I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, I thought it was really fascinating that they had a completely material philosophy um, that essentially opposed like everything in the Eastern world at the time, um, Mm -hmm. which all had some sort of dualism to a degree other than the Janes. Um, so that that then essentially brought me to the Janes for two reasons. One, it's a material spirituality and religion. Um, and I can explain that more in a second. And then I also had, um, there was a former student of my advisors, Phil Clayton, who is a Jane um, specialist. And she said that she would do uh, a qualifying exam for me, um, which meant that I had a specialist in in the traditions. Um, and And that was super helpful um and really helped me work through uh what what a lot of the jain philosophy was was saying and how that relates to its religious aspects because for them uh darshana they don't they don't view them as different um hmm. so yes that's how oh um i was gonna say about the jainism and this works with uh this kind of goes back to tying new materialism uh, navajo and jainism together is that i wanted these all to be specifically material practices either religiously or philosophy philosophically Um, and that being said i didn't want there to be um for the point of the dissertation i didn't want there to be a oh but we need to um you know uh, the ideas of like god will save us or these kind of things even when you're thinking through like eco theology um not not that people can't think that or believe that um, and I think that a lot of times it can be really helpful. Um, but I wanted to think through, since it's eco epistemology, the Earth is telling us what what it, how it should be related to, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so I wanted that kind of reciprocal, like it, to focus on the material world and our interactions with the material world. Um, and and then you can in, in a sense, sort of suspend the concept of God um and and say, like, then that is worked out in particular communities. Um, as long as we're still understanding that these that these things, especially like the system of whiteness and its destruction of our earth's ecology, um are very material properties. and and to really focus on the fact that these are material things that we can then spiritually invest ourselves in if we choose to um, in in our Got various it. communities. yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to Seminary for the Rest of Us, a show where everyone is welcome to God talk. Find us on the web at seminary.show, on Twitter at seminaryshow, and or send us an email at seminary.show at gmail.com. Oh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a rating. Thanks again, and catch you next time.